And I agree, he's the only one that's worthy. Well, good morning. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. I want to take just a few minutes, correct some things, give new information. A lot of the stuff I'm going to share with you in these next uh, few minutes, Longview Point people are very familiar with. But some of you are new Christ followers, some of you are just new to Longview Point. So um, let me give you some basic information, like missionary. You've heard that we've got so many missionaries here. Not so. We do have missionaries, but we have hundreds of missionaries. We literally have hundreds of missionaries here. You thought only certain people could be a missionary. Uh, but if you look up the word missionary, even in the dictionary, it says a missionary is a person who's been sent on a mission. So anybody here have been sent on a mission? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the answer is yes. He sent every one of us. As soon as he saved us, he gave us a mission. Uh, we already know that. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. That word nation is the word ethne. That's where we get the word ethnic from or ethnicity. It, it means a particular group of people that have their own culture. They have their own traditions. They marry within that own, their own culture. It's a people group. Another word for uh, ethne or nations is people group. Don't think of geographical locations as much. Over 12,000 people groups on this earth. Jesus said, hey, many of you are young people and you're praying, Lord, what what do you want me to do with my life? I'm glad you asked that question. Because I'm going to tell you exactly what he wants with all of our lives. The last thing he said before he left was to go and make disciples of all people groups. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He says it again in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He says, go and preach the gospel uh, to all the world, to every creature. Luke 24, he says in verse 47, that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in my name to all the nations, people groups. He says it in John 20, 21. He says it five times. He says it five times. It's recorded in this book. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the age. Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, which, which one of those needs the gospel the most? Let me ask you, which wing of the airplane is the most important? You need both of them. So which place needs the gospel the most? Man, Hernando, DeSoto County, Mississippi, this area, the, the world needs it. The light that shines the farthest will shine the brightest at home. So yes, you start at home. Let me give you two basics to make sure you understand what we're talking about and that no one's feelings gets ruffled and that, hey, what about us? And what about what we're doing? Truth number one is this, local ministries and local missions are totally necessary. 
Yes, we've got to start here at home. Yes, we've got to plant churches here at home. Yes, we've got to share the gospel here at home. And a lot of things that are ministries, not all ministries are missions. Sometimes you'll do something, and, and, and because we know missions is the heart of God, we want to call everything missions that we do. And everything's not missions. Uh, crocheting doilies for prisoners' tables, good ministry, it's just not missions. Missions is when you share the gospel cross-culturally with somebody. And so local ministries and local missions are totally necessary, but global missions are being tragically neglected. Especially since the pandemic. And I'll, I'll prove that by three of these three facts. Fact number one, there are more people on earth today than ever before in history. If you look at world population maps and the world population clock, 7,974,000,000 people right now as of today. A uh, hundred years ago, 2 billion people on this earth, a hundred years ago. Today, by the end of October, it'll be 8 billion people on earth. And these are not just statistics. Every one of them have an eternal soul that's going to live somewhere forever. More people on earth today than ever before. Fact number two, there's more churches, more Christians today than any other time in history. More people being saved, more people being baptized, more people joining churches, more churches being planted. Your Southern Baptist missionaries last year planted 22,744 churches around the world. And nine out of every ten of those were in the cluster that you just heard from this morning. I mean, there's a gospel explosion in many places in this world. More people on earth, more churches and Christians. Fact number three, there's more lost people today. There's more unsaved people today than ever before in history. If you look at the chart of world religions and how people believe, uh, 27 of those are in places where there's little or no access to the gospel. 20% are Hindu, 20% are Muslim, 14% are Buddhist. There's 8% of the world's population believe that salvation is Jesus alone through faith alone. 8%. Which means 92% of this world is lost. Which means today and every day, 157,690 people will die without Christ daily. Now, how can those be together? How can you have more Christians and more churches in September 2022 than ever before in history? And at the same time, more unsaved people, more lost people than ever before in history. It's because many of those who claim to be followers of Christ do not feel a personal responsibility. We believe that if we are a part of an organization or a church or an agency and they are concerned about lost people in the world, well, they will do it for us. Me, I've got a family. I've got a job. I've got a life. If that's not up to me, I'm not responsible. That's not true. I want to show you from the word of God in 2 Kings chapter 7. And really all the way through the scriptures, you and I are responsible. Here's the th three words. 
I pray, will burn in our hearts. I am responsible. The lost people around the world, many of which have never heard the name of it, who's going to tell them, I am responsible? All of the, the, the 3,879 missionaries, plus their children that's around the world, just Southern Baptists, who's going to support them? I am responsible. Holding the rope for them and praying for them, who right now, some of them right now, are in desperate situations at, 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 between life and death. Who's going to hold the rope in prayer for them? I am responsible. And so are you. It's not just a few people. All of us are responsible. This is what the scripture is teaching here. Second Kings chapter 7. Here's the background. Many of you already know this. But just for the sake of some that might not bring them up to speed. The one nation under God. There was one nation. No, it wasn't America. One nation under God was Israel. But now Israel's divided. They've fallen into idolatry. Uh, they've broken God's commands. The nation is divided. The southern nation has fallen. The northern nation called Israel is all that's left. And their capital, Samaria, is surrounded with the enemy. And in 2 Kings chapter 7, there's two scenes. If this was a movie, there'd be two scenes. There's the old preacher, the old bald-headed preacher that makes a prophecy. and says, it's, yeah, things are real bad, but I've got some news for you. It's going to get much worse. And when it gets worse, it's going to get much better. And then a guy says, nah, I don't believe that. And then the scene changes, and you've got four outcasts. It's one of my favorite stories. Second Kings chapter 7. Are you there? Beginning in verse 1. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow, about this time, a sea of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. And two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer, on those whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Scene change. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come. Let's surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall only die. And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. And they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, their donkeys, they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and they ate and they drank and they carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from it also and they went and hid it. Then, then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news 
and we remain silent, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. Wow. Come and let's go. That's, that's the biblical order. You come and then you go. Maybe there's some of you here this morning that you have never come. Jesus said, come to me, all you that heavy labor. Jesus said the last chapter, the last book of the Bible, the spirit and the bride say, come. Don't you love that word, come? Jesus is saying, come to me. And he that hears, hears, come. Let him that's thirsty, come and take the water of life freely. And those of us, once we respond to that invitation and we come to Jesus, his next word is go. Go into all the world. Go and make disciples. Go into the people groups. Notice three truths. This is a true story. This actually happened, but it also has truth for our life today, right now. In this matter of responsibility. Responsibility. Oh man, we don't hear that in our culture. I know it's not politically correct. We want to assume debt and then let the government be responsible for that. We want to make unwise choices and then let the government be responsible for that. No, I'm responsible for my debt. I'm responsible for the consequences of my choices. And I'm responsible to tell the gospel to the nations. So are you. Notice first of all. The problem they experienced. It was a serious problem. The enemies, the Syrians, had surrounded their city. There's no food and there's no water. And they're literally starving to death. They're so hungry that when you read the chapter before this, you could buy a tablespoon of dove manure for a week's wages. Or... You could buy a head of a donkey, which who wouldn't want that? A head of a donkey sold for two months' wages. All this is in chapter 6. Or some women, the Bible says, uh, were talking about starving to death, and their baby had already died. One of them's child had died, and so they, they turned to cannibalism. Cannibalism eating bird droppings, eating horse heads. What's the matter with these people? Here's what's the matter with them. They're starving to death. And when you don't know anything else, when you don't have anything else, it's amazing what people will eat. If you don't believe me, uh, go to Southeast Asia. Go to East Asia. Go to other parts of the world and, and see people uh, fashion some kind of an idol that's disgusting looking. It's got snakes coming out of it. It's, it's grotesque. And then they make it with their own hands and then put it in the corner of the room and sacrifice to it and worship it. What would make a person do that? Because they don't know anything else. And when you're starving to death, you'll swallow anything. That's what's happening. And that's what's happening in the world right now in September of 2022. It's the fulfillment of the prophecy that God gave to Amos. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. There's going to be a famine where people will not... Hear about Jesus. More people than ever before. More Christ followers than ever before. Yet, 
the two are not getting there. there. There's more people not hearing about Jesus. As I'm standing here this morning, 4.6 billion people have little or no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now think about that for a moment. I mean, take the map of the status of global evangelical Christianity. If every one of those dots on that map represents a people group or represents 50,000 people, the, the greener the dot, the higher percentage of Christians. You see, there's a high percentage of Christians uh, where we are right now this morning. But then there's other places in the world there's very few. In fact, you look on the next chart, you see all of these brown dots represent unreached people group. And unreached people group is a people group that has less than 2% Christ followers. Over 98% of that people group are lost. And look at them all over. In Europe and Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa and, and all over. But then there's one that's Darker than the rest. The next map will show you the status of the unreached, unengaged people groups. They have no access to the gospel. They have no missionary. They're, they have no Bible in their language, many of them. They have no Christian working with them. There's no church that, that's adopted them or praying for them or trying to engage them. There's still over 3,000 of those on this earth. Do you see where the largest concentration is? It's in South Asia. I've got to tell you, there's lost people all over the world. But the heart of this lostness seems to be South Asia, where there's Pakistan and Nepal and Bhutan and Bangladesh and Sri Lanka and India and the Maldives. Lostness everywhere. 1.8 billion people in South Asia. If you want to try to visualize that or put that in your context, it, it, all of South Asia could, is in a landmass about the size of half of the United States. If you could take a land, half the United States, and put five times the population of the United States in that, that's South Asia. 1.8 billion, and they're 98% lost. In fact, of all the people groups, one out of every three unreached people group is in South Asia. Of the 1,044 unreached, unengaged people groups, one out of every three of them are here in South Asia. While, while the world is talking about politics and pandemic and football and who's going to be the next elected politician, all this kind of stuff, every day, 157,960 people go into eternity. Every week in South Asia, 232,000 people go into eternity. And many of those never having heard the name of Jesus. Think of DeSoto County. You know how many people are in DeSoto County as of last year? 186,000. If you could think about every person in all of DeSoto County dying every week without Jesus Christ. That's South Asia. And that's unacceptable. How can we who know 
where the bread is, not tell those who don't know where it is. That's the problem. That's the greatest problem on earth. I, I so appreciate the, the president of the International Mission Board, Dr. Paul Chitwood, who, who reminds us day after day, the greatest problem on earth is not physical, it's not financial, it's not political. The greatest problem on earth is spiritual. The greatest problem on earth today is lostness. Now listen, Longview family. You can put your time and money and effort in a lot of problems. There's thousands of needs out there, but none compared to the global need of the gospel. I mean, that person that's hungry, yes, we can feed them and let's feed them. But if that's all we do when they die, their hunger stops. If they don't have shelter and we build them a house, wonderful. But when they die, they don't need a shelter. They don't need food. They don't need clothes. But if they die without Jesus Christ, that problem continues forever and ever with no remedy ever. Lostness. Think about that. This morning, 92% of this world lost. That's the problem they experienced, a famine in the land. But quickly notice the provision they enjoyed. God didn't leave it that. It's a terrible situation. They're starving to death. And in the middle of that, God gave a provision. During the night, the Syrian army heard thousands of horse, thousands of chariots, thousands of swords and shields, and all of this loudness. And when they, when they heard all of that, they said, we're being attacked. Run for your lives. And everybody ran. They left their food cooking. They left their clothes there. They just left it. How do you explain that? You can't explain it. It's a God thing. Here's this provision. What they needed, God supplied. It was a supernatural provision. Because the Bible says in verse 6, The Lord caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise. Did they hear the noise of chariots and horses? Yes. Were there chariots and horses? No. It was supernatural, not natural. How do you explain it? Here's how you explain it. God. Okay, that's enough of that. It was a supernatural provision. It was also a suitable provision. They needed food, there was food. They needed clothes, there was clothes. It was a sufficient provision. Everything they needed and all and more they had. They had all. They could, they could possibly use all of that. And here we are in DeSoto County. And we have the gospel. We have a comfortable seats and beautiful building. We have all of this, all of these blessings of God. Do you think that God blesses us just so we can keep the blessings? No. We're blessed to be a blessing. Doesn't stop with us. That's selfish. That's self-centeredness. How? <laughs> if I had bread, if I had food and I knew that Thousands all around me did not have it, but they don't know about it. Would I keep it to myself? Oh, beloved, you've been blessed. Longview Point, you've been so blessed as a church. But let me just remind you what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Jesus said to whomever much is given from him, much more will be required. He knows what he's given us. There's the problem they experienced. There's the provision they enjoyed. And last of all, there's the personnel that God employed. Here, here they are. 
Here's all of Samaria starving to death. They're starving to death. And four guys have found the answer. I mean, all that they need and more than they need. They know where it is. What are they going to do about it? He says in verse 3, Now there were four leprous men. Let me ask you this question. Who are the personnel that God uses? He uses not prophets, not priests, not preachers, professionals. He can use all of them, but that's not his first choice. He uses them, but God's first choice is he uses four leprous men. Four, four. Four, north, south, east, well, these are map points. It's talked about the universality. God can use all, every person in this room. God wants to use you for the spread of the gospel to the nations. Four leprous men. You know, these are just laborers. They're not skilled. You say, oh, Michael, I, I don't know if he can use me. I, I didn't feel... The last time I went to the, uh, the northeastern part of India, I went with an electrician that didn't finish high school. And he's been there, I don't know how many, uh, over a dozen times, and keeps sharing the gospel time after time after time after time. And, and God uses him because God you look, is looking for ordinary people through which to do extraordinary work, so he gets all the credit for it. He can use professionals and he can use people who are very wise and very noble. But his choice is always the laborers, the common people. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus told us to pray. He said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. That's who God wants to use. He wants to use, first of all, common people. Ordinary people. You're a painter? Wonderful. God can use you. A student? He's looking for you. A teacher? He wants you. A nurse? A medical practitioner? God wants to use you. Well, I'm a mechanic. He can really use you. Whatever you do, whatever it is in your life, God is looking for common people so that he can extend his glory. He gets the credit for it. Common, ordinary people. He uses calculating people. These lepers, get, get the picture. Starving to death, skin and bones. And they think to themselves, what are we doing here? If we sit here, we're going to die. By the way, that's, that's a good calculation to make. You do know that, don't you? I hate to be the bearer of news, bad news, but you're going to die. In fact... I looked at the death rate for DeSoto County. You know what it is? A hundred percent. Everybody ends up dying. So why well, sit here? Wait, 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 I. We could take a chance and we might live. Now, if they kill us, we're going to die anyhow. So let's, let's. They were calculating people. 
Oh, God help us to have grandmothers and grandfathers and mothers and fathers. Please don't play it safe. Don't play it safe with your life and don't play it safe with your children's life. Don't say, honey, listen, I want you to go to school, kind of close to home. And then I want you to get a good job and make lots of money. and Stay close, stay close enough where you can eat with us on Sundays, but far enough away where we don't have to keep your children a lot. Could you do that? <laughs> the most dangerous thing you can ever do is play it safe. Oh, and you young people, you've got your life in front of you. Would you let the Mormons out-Christian you when they're not even Christian? Let me ask you young people. Let me ask you parents of young people. Are you going to let the Mormons out-Christian you when they're not even Christian? Because they, the, they have the rule that when you get out of high school, the first two years you're to give as a, they call it a missionary. And they're not even missionaries. You're the ones that's missionary. Why don't, why don't every one of you, all of you that are students, why don't all of you, the first two years right out of high school, go to the mission field right then? Some of, some of you will find out God's will for your life. Don't waste it here. Use it and invest it for the gospel. <laughs> and it got very quiet when I was saying that. But why don't you do that? I dare you. Be a calculating person. Jim Elliott. This young man that had a burden on his heart for the Aka Indians in Ecuador, they needed the gospel. And Jim Elliott and four other guys landed their little plane on that sandy island and arrows pierced their life and killed them. You say, what a waste, not a waste at all. Jim Elliott had written in the flyleaf of his Bible, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Take a risk, young people, Married families, take a risk. You've only got one life. Why spend all of it here in one place when there's a lost world out there that needs you? Common people, calculating people, finally convinced people. These four lepers were convinced. Hey, hey, all of these people starving to death. Here, everything they need. I know it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've been there. I'm responsible to take this good news back to these people. Uh, maybe that's it. That's it. You only have a burden if you've personally experienced it. I mean, if you don't, if you don't really know what he can do, why would you be interested in telling other people? But for those of you who have come to the well... For those of you who've been to the river, for those of you who have experienced the living Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection power inside of you, how could you not share it with anybody else? Look what they said in verse 9. We're coming to a close. They said to one another, we, not they or them, we are not doing right. This is a day of good news and we remain silent. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment this morning before you leave. This is the first opportunity in this global impact celebration. Over these next four days, you're going to have lots of opportunities. But I would start right here. Lord, I am responsible. I'm not talking about my dad, my mom, my children. Lord, I am responsible. My first commitment, Lord, I will pray. I will make praying for the nations and praying for labors for the harvest a priority in my life. 
He said, how do, how do I know? I'll tell you a way to pray specific. Download the app, imb.org pray. And you can download that app on your phone, and it will give you prayer requests every two to three hours every day, day and night. I will pray. You can also uh, pray ASAP is an app you can download. I will pray. Number two, I will give. I know there's a need. And Longview family, can I tell you, thank you for your tremendous goal and your gifts to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. I can tell you as a trustee of this company, every penny goes to share the gospel around the world. And 92.8% of all of our personnel are working directly with unreached and unengaged people groups around the world. 100%. How much of it is used at home? 100% of your gift goes for the gospel around the world. So I will pray, I will give, and yes, I will go. There's no excuse for anybody in this world not going. Well, I'm too young. People younger than you have gone. And for those of you my age and older, people a lot older than us are going. I don't mean just for one or two weeks, but for three or four months or for six months. And why don't you, if you do say, I'm going to quit work and uh, do what was this, this thing called? Some are calling it retirement. If you're going to do this thing called retirement, why don't you tie the first two years of your retirement? If we want the young people to spend their first two years out of high school, then I dare you. No, no, no. I double dog dare you. The first two years of your retirement, say, we're going to spend it around the world with the gospel. I will give. I will pray. I will go. And as a church, we will send because we're responsible. We're going to plant other churches in our area and around the world. We're responsible. And we can't pay somebody else to do it for us. We're responsible. Is that, was that, is that your commitment? I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that commitment. Stand to your feet. Right now, stand to your feet and bow your heads. This is the good part. This is the time now that we go before the Lord and make that commitment. It's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord. Making this commitment. I'm responsible. The pastor and other counselors will be here at the front. Some of you are listening to me and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. And you want to come this morning and say, would you, would you pray with me? I want to pray. I want to be saved. Yeah, I want to follow him in baptism. Some of you have never been baptized. You've been saved, but you've never been baptized. And maybe you're willing to make that commitment this morning. Any of those for salvation or for baptism, you come and share it with the pastor, staff, pa counselors. They're here. Some of you, would you right now, where you're standing, say, Lord, I'm responsible, and I will go, and I will pray, and I will give, and I will support this church as they send. And my Father, my heart wants to jump out of my throat when I see all the people in these three services. And what you could do through Longview Point. I pray, God, that the glory of your name would spread in places we've not even thought of yet through members here in this congregation for the glory of your name. 